Welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, headmaster of Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Noah Tetzner, a curious student of classical education and podcast producer. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on the Quarter Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome back to A Court of Three Strands. Today, we are celebrating our 10th episode of the podcast, wrapping out our three-part series on the tools of dominion. That's right. The last of our parts, uh, so we had Growing Wealth. Uh, last week was Growing Children. And finally, we want to talk about growing the church. Growing the church. So I suppose that is all about evangelism. Well, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Except as usual, I want to talk about this in a way that you you may not have heard in Sunday school. All right. Okay. All right. So f- first, when we talk about evangelism, we we understand uh, the Great Commission. We talk about the Great Commission. So mm-hmm. in Matthew 28, uh, starting at 18, Jesus came and said to them, to the disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, in other words, because this authority has been given to him. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So there's this idea that we're supposed to go um, and uh, and do this disciple making of all nations, right? That's that's the idea. And um, and so evangelism is doing that, but. Let me stop there and break down evangelism a little bit. Okay. Okay. So in in the Greek, uh, it talks about an evangel, which is a particular type of message. Okay. Um, we we in America, I guess, because we're English speakers, coming from an Anglo-Saxon of uh, good spiel, mm-hmm. <laughs> which means literally good news. Yeah. Um, good spiel became gospel. So when we talk about evangelism, we're always talking about the gospel, the gospel. And when I ask kids, what is the gospel? They would respond what they learned in Sunday school, which is the good news, the good news. Well, so let's suppose, let's suppose I come home from the brewer game and I tell you the good news that they broke their eight game losing streak, <laughs> which they did. Um, and, and I, and I presented this good news to you that the brewers won. Yeah. Is, is that the gospel? Is that a gospel? It's good news, right? Right. As a brewer fan, but that's not the gospel. No. Right. So in Greek, this idea of an evangel is a particular type of good news. Mm. Okay. And it has to do with a king. The good news is the announcement of a king 
who's been born, a king who is coming, a king who has had victory, and this is important, and the benefits that come with it, right? Yeah. So, so if if a, a if a, a messenger goes to a city and says to them, "Hey, on June twenty second, the king is coming," and the people would go, "And and and and," and there's no other announcement of benefits. Yeah, they would be terrified because it probably means the king's coming for some sort of disciplinary reason. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. But if they were to come and give an evangel, mm-hmm. that is the gospel, they would be saying the king is coming. And when he comes, he's going to bring this or he's going to do this or he's going to enact this. Right. Yeah. right. Or, hey, here my uh, the king is on the throne and he gives birth to an heir. And boom, he's going to celebrate by, you know, cutting taxes all over the place. That's the good news. That's the gospel. Or I'm going to, they're going to um, give a grant citizenship to this um, territory mm-hmm. that has been uh, friendly to them or, you know, has, has done like, for, for instance, when, um, when uh, Octavian and Mark Anthony um, fought against Brutus and Cassius after they killed Julius Caesar, right? They had that, they, yeah. they, they led that rebellion. They stabbed him in the back. Yeah. Um, there was a, there was an eventual war and Mark Anthony and um, Octavian defeated Brutus and Cassius in Philippi. So as a reward, when, when Octavian became Augustus Caesar, right? The, yeah. the Caesar, the, the emperor, um, he, he announced the good news <laughs> that the Philippians um, would be uh, the Philippi would become a colony of Rome. Yeah. And that there were people granted citizenship. It was the same in Tarsus. Tarsus was not Rome, but because of some of the, the benefit that they gave to the Roman empire, yeah. um, the, uh, the, or I'm sorry, to the Roman Republic at the time, um, uh, a number of the prominent people were given citizenship, yeah. including some of the Jews. Right. So Paul, this is how Paul ends up being a citizen. Yeah. He's from Tarsus. He's not from Rome. He's from Tarsus, but he's a Roman citizen. Got it. That was such a privilege. Right. So that's the gospel. They, this good news that's given by the king because of his coming, his arrival, his birth, his, his victory. Right. Mm. So that's, that's the idea of gospel. So mm-hmm. when we as Christians talk about the gospel, we're talking about the good news of a king yeah. who is. Jesus, right? Now go back to the, now, now think of it in that, those terms. Here's Jesus saying to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He's saying he's the king of the world. He's the king of the universe. Yeah. All authority. Remember we talked about worship. Yes. Right. What is that about? It has to do with a recognition of authority. Right. We bow our knee. We lie prostrate to the, to the king. Yeah. Um, why do we obey his word? Because he's the king. Right. So just Mm. give it, give, think of this, this illustration. Right. Yeah. So I'm in, I live in Wisconsin. Say I drive up to the UP. For those of you who don't know, the UP means Upper Peninsula and it's a part of Michigan. Why it's a part of Michigan, I don't know (laughs) because it's attached to Wisconsin Wisconsin and not Michigan. Really weird. Yeah. The second thing is, is that most of them are Green Bay Packer fans, anyways. They might as well just be Wisconsinites. (laughs) Anyway, the UP. So the upper peninsula. So I cross over from Wisconsin into Michigan. Mm -hmm. 
there are some differences in the laws between Michigan and Wisconsin. Right. When I'm in Michigan, can I obey Wisconsin laws? No. No, I need to obey Michigan laws. When the Michiganders are in Wisconsin, they need to obey Wisconsin law. Right. Now, I didn't even bring up Illinois because they just follow their own laws all the time. Yeah. They, they're just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you're listening from Illinois, I, yeah. I apologize greatly. Just slow down when you're in our, when you're in our state. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, anyway, the, 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 um, but the, the idea is, is that there's a, there's a sovereign over the state of Wisconsin mm-hmm. and uh, the constitution, which is our sovereign of the state of Wisconsin, yeah. not the, not the governor. Right. Um, but, but the, um, that there's laws that we need to obey because we're under his, that authority. And if I move to another spot, I'm under their authority. Mm. What Jesus is saying here is now all authority is given to him. And so he is not the king of just Jews in Israel. Does that, does that make sense? Right. All authority has been given to him, not, not only on earth, but in heaven, like everywhere. It, he is the king yeah. and we need to obey him, right? right. Because he's the king. He makes the law. His word is law. Right. We obey him. So listen to what he says. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is making them citizens of his kingdom through baptism, teaching them to observe, that is to obey all that I have commanded you. Why? Because if you're baptized into his kingdom, you become his citizen, his person. Yeah. Then you have the obligation to obey Right. Right. And uh, and I'm with you to the end of the, the age. So this is this is what we're supposed to do as Christians. We have this task of evangelism. That is to say, listen, here's the good news. Right. Right now, the, the prince of the air, Satan, has deceived the nations, has deceived the people. And the and the um, we think what we're doing as as being our own God, doing our own thing, doing what we like that leads to death and it's not good. Right. Right. Not only does it lead to death. Yeah. uh, It leads to hell. It's, it's not good at all. No, but here's the good news. Jesus came and he died for your sin, right? Mm -hmm. All the wrong that you've done, all the sin and rebellion, all that is forgiven because Jesus took it himself. And now we can repent and put our trust in him. And he will make us, and we can be baptized in his name, and we become a citizen of his kingdom. And we don't have to live by our, the rules of Satan, the rules of the world. Right. We can live by his and live in a life that's, well, flourishing, right? Right. Is it easy? No. Yeah. <laughs> Does it kind of hurt a bit and burning, right? Yeah. Burning at flourishing? Right. Yeah. Because I love my sin. Yeah. But over and over, you know, God, God is faithful. Christ has taken on that sin already. And his spirit sanctifies us yeah. and makes us his, right? So this is the good news. So, so yeah. what I say, the tools of dominion, right? Mm-hmm. If we're creating Christian culture, mm-hmm. not only do we need to build some wealth mm-hmm. so that we can do this, not only do we need to grow our own children to be fit citizens of that kingdom yeah. and, and do that, we also need to go to those who are lost and they need to hear about Jesus yeah. and the good news of his kingdom and bring them in. Do you think that the good news is inherently 
if not oftentimes offensive to the sinful nature, especially of those who are not within the church. Absolutely. It, it is right. Um, and, and that's why it's, we have to understand that it is God's work. Yeah. Right. So the, the way the Bible puts it is, is that we're dead in our trespasses and sin. Right. Um, and, and so what's needed is for the spirit of God to, to make them alive. Yeah. Right. So in our, in our evangelism, in our announcing of the good news, we're also praying for the people yeah. asking that God would make them alive, that they would know and they'd hear and they'd accept and they would. Right. Cause it's not us converting the lost, obviously. Right. It's God does that. Right. Right. God. But we have the responsibility of evangelism. Yes. Uh, of doing that. But, but you'll notice in, in that description that we read from Matthew 28, it doesn't say go and make converts. It says make disciples. Yeah. Right. So what we're doing, what we're doing is not a, a mere conversion where you just have an event and people say a prayer and then boom. And yay, look at us. We've done this great thing. Yeah. Right. The idea is, is that we're taking people who are not citizens of God's kingdom and they're now taking the, the citizenship exam, right? Now they, yeah. they're, they've come to faith in Christ. They've been baptized in his name and they're being taught how to live as citizens of Christ's kingdom. Yeah. And then, and then they, in this great and flourishing culture that God has made for us, for our benefit. Right. Mm-hmm. So, the, so here's, here's the, the thing that you should realize. Okay. Everyone, all my audience, listen to this. Yeah. Okay. Here yeah. it is. The flourishing in our world will come when we are doing the things that we are made to do. And so when we're obedient to our creator who has made us and given us the rules to live by for our benefit, if we do that and in our creativity, we can make a culture then that's obedient to it. Yeah. Life will flourish and it's good. And it's, and it's holy and it's pleasing to him. And here's the hard part. If we don't engage in doing that ourselves as the church, we look just like the world. And when we evangelize, that is when we tell them the gospel of Jesus Christ, then they look at the church and they don't see any difference between us and them. Mm. There's no appeal. Right. Yeah. 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 But if, if we're doing, if we're living as Christians in this, this world that's, you know, hurting and they see us flourishing, um, we're joyful, we reconcile, we're honest with one another. Yeah. We protect each other's reputations. We don't lie. We don't gossip. We don't steal. Yeah. We work hard. Um, we, we, uh, treat people as, uh, with respect because they're in the image of God. Um, we preserve life at all costs. You know, we, we, you know what I mean? We, yeah. we, we do what God says and this, this flourishing good life yeah. becomes, um, this amazing option yeah. where people wish that's what their life was like. Yeah. And then we say to them, it can be yours. Because Jesus died for your sin. Wow. Right. Yeah. Just repent and believe. And, and, and that, that's the, that's the problem. This is the big problem I see with the church of Jesus Christ today. 
We look a lot like the world. And in fact, so much of what the church seems to have done over the past you know, few decades yeah. is tried their hardest to look more and more like the world. Right. We should make our churches look like malls because people are comfortable in malls. Yeah. Okay. We should, we should have our music <laughs> sound a lot like the, the, you know, the, yeah. the music on the radio, we should do, yeah, you know, free so, pizza. So, yeah. so, so everything becomes, uh, uh, like the world, like the, yeah. And, and people look at it and go, well, you got your thing. I got mine. Yeah. And instead of it being this one of, of truth and goodness and beauty. And I think if it was, if, if we really were serious, it, it's like, I'll tell you one of the most beautiful things. You know, I, I remembered at one time I was kind of in a, a down part of my life, you know, just kind of a little feeling a little depressed and, mm -hmm. and, and things. And, um, and we had someone in our congregations, uh, dad died mm. and uh, he was Catholic. And I remember walking into this Catholic church and it was beautiful Catholic church. And all these people had come in, in, in silence and they were kneeling, um, in, in waiting and just, and I'm just, I just remembered looking at that and going the display of faith, right. The, 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 the humbleness, the, um, anticipation of, of God's word being proclaimed and of this, this loved one being given to God. Yeah. I, I just, I tell you, I was like so moved by that. Yeah. And I kept thinking, why don't we kneel? Yeah. Why don't we bow to the Lord? Why don't we? And I think it's when people see that, right. Or people see, um, you know, how touching it is when they see an old couple, like just hold hands. Yeah. And they go, Right. It, it stirs in someone in their, in their, in their hearts. They think when I'm old and wrinkly and I have nothing to give to the world. Yeah. That I'd have someone who would love me and hold their, my hand. Who's been with me through thick and thin for all these years. Yeah. And is still with me. Like how cool that is. Right. How, well, how are you going to do that? Yeah. Does that happen outside of faith? I mean, I guess it does, but it's rare. Yeah. Right. I, in other words, if the church was to act as the church to, to live according to God's laws, yeah. to, to, to fellowship with one another, to enjoy each other's company, yeah. to, to create this kind of a cultural thing, we, we become uh, people would long for it. Yeah. Long for it. Like, that's what I want. That's how do I get that? How do we, right. Yeah. It, and it's just, um, but, but when we look just like the world and act like we don't know what we're doing, right. which isn't true, we're just lazy. Or we, or we're, right? I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to say something here that's going to be very offensive. Is that okay? Absolutely. When I, when I hear Christians commiserating over things that are just life, uh -huh. as if it's some sort of special sacrifice and suffering. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> because that's what the world does. Yeah. That's what the world does to get attention or something or yeah. sympathy. I don't know. Yeah. It's not very attractive. No, it's not very attractive. Now, is it okay to share one's suffering, one's hardships, one's day? Of course it's fine. Mm. Right. That's, that's a fine thing to do. But, but if that's the, the be all end all. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's just really, it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's disturbing. <laughs> 
one of the questions I have is, what does the word ministry mean, Mr. Young, right? Because we talk about evangelism and so forth. And, and I guess, you know, what does that look like? Does that look like drilling water wells in Latin America? Is that staying up late at night, having a theological discussion with your friends? I mean, what is ministry and how do we evangelize? How do we grow the church fundamentally? Sure. Ministry comes from the idea of administration, the administration of God's grace, right? Yeah. So what ministers do, pastors, you know, ordained folks is they, they, uh, they give, they administer these graces to God's people, right. In word and in sacrament and, um, and in help and in, in those things. Now, what can happen as ministry is, is that these, um, this, this, uh, so here's this village in need, they need water. And, um, what a church can do is, is send out people um, to go do such a thing in the name of Christ and as a demonstration of his love for them. Mm-hmm. And that's a ministry. If they talk about it that right. way, right? <laughs> right. Right. Just going and doing good. Isn't necessarily ministry. Yeah. Right. But doing it in his name is right. Right. Um, and, and having a theological uh, discussion with a friend, it can minister to them. In other words, in other words, uh, uh, there could be uh, a real sense of God's grace in that conversation that's helpful. Yeah. And so ministry is happening, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's ministry. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that do, should good be done in the name of Jesus? Of course it should. Mm-hmm. That, that, should be a, 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 that should be something. We, we're salt and light in the world. We were to do good to, to others, uh, especially those within our fellowship. Yeah. Um, but, but these are, you know, what, what kind of person are you if you don't take care of the widow or the orphan or the right, right. What kind of, you know, God is love and yet you don't show any love. Yeah. Right. So that's, 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 that's a part of it. The, the tricky part is, is known. And, and maybe I'm anticipating a question here. The tricky part is, is that the world gives their own understanding and definitions of what love is. And if the church wants to try to fawn mm. over their, the opinions of the secular world in order to, yeah. to say that they're somehow on quote, the right side of history or something like that. <laughs> then and that's a, that's a full, full Zarin. That's, that's not ministry. That's not the gospel. That's not, does that make yes. sense? It's if, if the world is calling e, uh, evil, good and good evil, yeah. we're to have nothing to do with that. Yeah. Well, no, we're supposed to, we're supposed to stand up and, and say, no, this is right. This is the, the right thing to do. Yeah. Right. So if, if I have, you know, there's, I mean, there's tons of examples of that. And, and, and the idea is, is that, um, should I say hard things to people? Maybe yeah. <laughs> I, I'll tell it this way. It is good to say hard things to people. If, if I do it in love and they receive it as love. Yeah. Right. But if I don't know someone, right. So the, question I think my daughter asked had to do with personal pronouns, right? So if there's a guy, a man, a male, and uh, he wants to be called she or they or something like that, should I say that? Yeah. Right. right. Well, the, the, the question is, is that what's loving? Some people would say what would be loving is, is to, you know, say the personal pronouns that he wants to, what's the big deal? Well, it's not really telling the truth. Right. And we should, we should only do the, we should only do what's know, true. Do yeah. what's true. Right. So, so then, you know, I should say the, 
proper pronouns for their gender and their sex, right? Right. Now, now here's the here's the conundrum. Uh, they don't know me, and I don't know them, mm-hmm. right? So I could I can act in a way that it will show them that I'm a jerk, mm-hmm. or I can I can I can act in a way that shows that I care about them, even though we disagree. Okay. Does that make that sense? That makes sense. That makes sense. So um, there's a, um, there's a, a, uh, um, a young life. Cause I, 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 I started off ministry doing young life. And one of the, one of the key things they yeah. talk about is earning the right to be heard. Right. So I want to be able to tell that person who's confused about the gospel and about the truth and to talk about those things. But if, but if I've not done anything that would show that I love or care for him, mm-hmm. then I'm just a jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Right. So I want to earn the right to be heard. So one of the things I'm saying then, if we're going to grow the church yeah. is, is that we're not going to, our witness is going to be one that comes from love and having the right to be heard. Right. Right. Not, not just to, not just to say things to get people mad. Right. And to get, you know, get, gain some sort of applause or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, But that people know that we do love them and we do care for them. Yeah. And then this is the truth because I love you. I'm going to tell you the truth, but until that time, I'm not going to say a lot to them. Yeah. Now to my own, to the church, to people who have recognized that Jesus is their authority. I have the duty and the responsibility to tell the truth Mm -hmm. because that's just the way it is. So if you're a Christian, you should be used to hearing things that are uncomfortable and difficult. Right. And it's worth it because I know that Jesus loves me. Yeah. I know that I know that he's patient with me. I know that he's going to work in me. I know that my brothers and sisters in Christ love me and it's okay to hear that. Yeah. Right. And, and that, that's a, that's a, and I know that's a difficult thing because mm. we have to get, we have to wrap our minds around that. Yeah. Right. I'm part of the church. I can't, there's no such thing as a solo Christian, right? Yeah. We're part of the church. Yeah. And part of the church means we're brothers and sisters in Christ, which obligates us to love one another, period. Yeah. And so when hard words are said to me, I have to understand and receive that as what it is love. Yeah. Right. It's just part of what it is. You've joined this, this uh, army, right? This, yeah. <laughs> the church militant. You've, you've joined this group. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it is. But with outsiders, <laughs> yeah. with outsiders, I'm not going to try to unnecessarily make them think I'm a jerk. Right. I'm going to do what it takes so that they know that who I am, mm. they know that I love them. And then I'm going to tell them the truth. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's hard though. Well, you know, Mr. Young, today is a special day being our, our 10th episode. And, and I think going into this a little bit would just, you know, be a great example and, and word of encouragement to those tuning in, especially how they can get plugged in. You know, as we talk about growing the church, I'd love to hear more about, as we close off today, what the Palatine Institute is going to do to grow the church in our community. Well, thank you, Noah, for that segue. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there are a few things that we want to do, yeah. right? And, and that is, is to, to, to give some instruction and some ways in which we can encourage the church 
to do things perhaps that are a little different. Like for instance, uh, earlier this year, we started doing these dinners for eight at our school at Providence Academy. Uh, there's, there's like close to 30 churches involved wow. in our school. And the idea is, is that we do, we do these things here and then maybe they can take them off to their, their church. So this dinner for eight is just a way of having a simple meal where you have a host and some other couples and you just, you eat together and you fellowship and, um, and we, we, we ask questions. Yeah. So in the, the first one around, we talked about, um, you know, what is the hope you have for your kids and what kind of world do you want to leave behind? Wow. And, and what are the things we could do to do it? And, and I'll tell you that the people that are so encouraged by just having the conversation around the table, just eating together and, you know, and, and doing that. And then we did it again, another one. And, um, we, we had some other questions, but it, it had to do with like, what, you know, like what prevents us from doing these things? What are the, right. Yeah. <laughs> and we, and we, we also just talked about ourselves. We got to know each other. We, you know, how did you get, how do you and your spouse meet? How did you, yeah. you know, those types of things. When did you know you were, that was the one and yeah. Yeah. And just getting to know each other in a, in a, in a way. And, and just, if the church did that more often where people just got together and enjoyed each other's company and, and talked about the, the, the hopes that we have that Christ has given to us. That's right. Right. It's more than just, you know, one of the members of our group said, um, we've gathered together in people's homes before, and it was usually to do have Bible study. Mm-hmm. And so we have Bible study and then we leave. Right. And, and how it was just very different, just sitting together and just eating together. And yeah. Talking. Now at, at Jacob's well at our church, um, the thing that our pastor has really encouraged us to do, he calls them Matthew meals. And the idea is, is to do something like that, where you just invite yeah. your neighbors who aren't Christians over to your house, just have a meal. And then just to have conversation with them. Yeah. Right. Just like no agenda, just no agenda, just, yeah. just have conversation, get to know each other. And often spiritual things come up, especially when you pray. Right. Yeah. So, so some of that's in conjunction, like for, there's a lot of people that really, it's not their habit to have people over to their house for a meal. Yeah. Right. So let's, let's practice that. Mm-hmm. And now start bringing in outsiders. Yeah. Right. And, and that's just, it's just, that's countercultural, but it's also beautiful. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing is, is that we're looking, we're still looking, but it'll announce soon. It'll be on our website at some point is that we want to host some dances. Yeah. Um, we talked about contra dancing is the, the big one. It's, it's kind of like square dancing, only not as hokey, I guess you <laughs> sure. might want to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but it's a way in which people can come together and, uh, and, uh, and dance and you, you end up dancing with everyone. It's, you don't, there's not the pressure to be coupled up, although you can go in as couples, but you end up dancing with other people. Yeah. Um, so would this be for like young people or like adults or what? The answer is yes. yes. I think some of them would be for young people and some of them would be for all ages. Cause it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but part of that is, is that there's, there's nothing like that right now. No, like dance needs to be redeemed. It does. And, uh, and this provides an opportunity to have uh, a lot of fun and fellowship. And uh, again, you know, it, it encourages, I guess you might say the gender roles in that and how in, in dance and it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. So we're, we're going to be t- doing that. Um, we'll have other events that we're going to come up and speakers. They'll come and talk about things like education. Speakers will talk about mm. what does it mean to be a Christian citizen? Yeah. Right. Like a symposium. Correct. Yeah. And then, um, and we'll have others about um, uh, revolving around uh, 
uh, parenting and family. We have a, a, we're with our church, Jacob's well, uh, together we're having a, a marriage seminar uh, coming up in September. You'll see that on our website. Yeah. Um, and, and so there, th- those are the types of things and there's, there'll be more and more as, yeah. as we, we, we continue on, but, um, but that's the idea is we want to encourage ways in which we can grow primarily Christian culture, that, that cultural aspect so that yeah. the church is flourishing and looking like mm-hmm. an alternative, uh, an alternative culture, right? Yeah. Where, where Jesus has all authority. He's our King. And this is how we, this is how we do it. Wow. Well, Mr. Young, I love that. And of course, today marks the last episode in our first season. Just a closing closing thought. What can listeners look forward to season two? Excellent. So this this um, this season was uh, burning at flourishing. Um, and uh, next one is uh, truth and virtue. Where to sit, where to, which is the which is the motto of uh, Providence Academy. But what we want to do is we want to look at what, what is it, what does virtue mean? Right. Um, you know, uh, the Bible tells us that we should put on virtue. Yeah. Right? And, and so what does that mean? And we're going to talk about intellectual virtues. We'll talk about moral virtues. We'll talk about theological virtues, Yeah. but we're also in that midst. We're going to talk about why that's important and how we might teach that to our children and to us mm. since virtue has to gaining virtue has to do with developing habits. Right. Um, so anyway, so that's what you can look forward in season two. It might be, it's going to be longer than 10 seasons. I could tell that already. Um, it'll probably be more like 12. Sure. Um, but it, it should be a, it should be a good one. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, listeners can look forward to uh, that episode. 